Welcome to the Legacy Leaders Podcast. Are you doing the best for your client to help them create their legacy? Are you creating a plan that goes far beyond finances to help people ensure that it becomes the driving force behind all decisions? On this podcast, hosts Katie Beth Hand and Stan Miller will help you with growing your practice and your client's peace of mind. Together, they bring the best and brightest minds to share with you how to help your clients develop their best legacy. And now, here are your hosts, Katie Beth and Stan. Good day, everyone. I'm Rod Hatley, and today it's my distinct privilege to interview Keith Brandt, who is a financial advisor here in San Diego. And uh, Keith, just take a couple moments. Tell us the name of your firm and the kind of work that you do for the clients that you serve. Sure. Name of our firm is California Wealth Transitions, and as the name mentions transitions, we tend to specialize in working actually with women that are going through what we would consider a financial transition. So typically things, selling a business, retiring, or divorce, or awfully common these days, dealing with the passing of a spouse, so becoming a widow, those types of things. Wow. How did you find out, or how did you gravitate toward that? Is that fairly specific as a practice area. So is there any, can you share with us how that kind of came to pass? Sure. So I left Merrill Lynch in 2012 because I felt like they did not allow us to sort of specialize. Every Merrill Lynch had 10,000 advisors and they're all the same. And of course, the reality is they're very different. And so we formed California Wealth Transitions. We wanted to focus in on the whole transition idea because most people they don't sell a business more than once. They don't retire more than once. Get divorced, right. hopefully, more than once. And anytime you go through something, you learn a few things, right? And you're like, if I did that again, what would I do differently? So we wanted to bring some of that knowledge to people going through it for the first time. And after yeah. we've been doing that for a while, myself and the other advisors at the firm, we sat down and said, who are the clients that we feel like we enjoy working with and that we do the best work for? And it turned out that women were really a group that we work really well with. They women value advice. They listen perhaps better than men. Um, Probably true. Yeah. And so we thought, you know what? These are people that appreciate what we do and they tend to follow our suggestions. And so that's why we really decided to focus in on on women. Doesn't mean we won't work with men or with couples. Of course. We find that we do particularly well with women. And, you know, in our industry, our industry could do a lot more to hire to promote women. And in many cases, a lot of the advisors in our field are um, old white men like me, and oftentimes they don't pay attention to women the way they should. They can be maybe not give them full credibility or give them at least an equal role in a relationship. Yeah, it's interesting. In my experience, you know, there have been you know advisors that can be attorneys, they can be financial advisors. When the husband dies, the wife goes elsewhere because she says, or she would say. Well, you know, I never felt like they listened to me. They always directed their conversation to him. And now that he's gone, I feel like, you know, I don't have a relationship with them. So certainly what you're sharing is is important because for a lot of women going through that transition, whatever it may be, it's very helpful to have someone who can lend that ear and provide that advice and that, you know, provide a welcoming environment for them where they do feel like they're heard and seen. So yeah. Exactly. How did, you, how did you become a financial advisor? What was it that drove you to choosing this as a profession? Well, it's a little interesting. I'm going to say two things. One is money, but I'm <laughs> not in a sense that people might normally think. So I started in this in 1983, wow. and I was a high school teacher at the time. Really? 
I had a, a friend that went to work for Merrill Lynch and they said, Keith, this is a good business. You should go into this field. And I knew nothing whatsoever about it. Okay. Um, I did some interviews, took some tests, still really didn't know that much about it. But they called me and said, Keith, we'd like you to come to work at Merrill Lynch and we're going to pay you $1,500 a month. And that was about $500 more per month than I was making as a teacher. So, so I thought, okay, well, that's worth trying. Sure. Not really in the context that I'd say I thought I was going to make a ton of money, but $1,500 sounded pretty good when I was 23 years old. Many of years course. Old. Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing that I really love about it is there's always new things to learn. Yeah. And we work with a lot of really interesting people and sure. we decide who those people are. So there's a lot of jobs where you got to work with everybody and sometimes you like who you work with and sometimes you don't. And in our business, we only work with people we like, which is really a great way to spend your days. I like that approach. I likewise uh, have a very firm rule, no jerks allowed. <laughs> if you're a jerk, that's fine. You can be a jerk, be the best jerk you can be. I'm going to promote you out of my life. I'm going to work with nice people that understand me, get my value, et cetera. And I just think it makes life more, you know, it's a lot easier to go to the office every day than to have to deal with the jerks and stuff like that. It makes it, um, it makes it easier for everybody, just a happier life. You know what? Yeah, life really is too short. You know, as, and we were just sharing before we started recording today. We've both been on our respective professions for a number of years. And it's just amazing how quickly that time passes. I'm, I want to enjoy my work. I want to enjoy my life. You know, having fewer jerks to have to deal with is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. What do you enjoy most about what you do? And can you share with us maybe what's maybe the least, uh, one of your least favorite aspects of what you do for a living? Sure. I mean, it's a little bit related to what we talked about. I have the good fortune to know a lot of very interesting people, um, learn about them and their families and help them and their families and see how their life goes over literally decades. So kids growing up and going to school and becoming clients clients becoming grandparents and so on. And so that's that's really neat. And I love that part. The part I enjoy the least is dealing with those people passing away. Yeah. Well, I, you know, over the years, I've got a lot of clients that are very dear friends. I've known them for a long time. And every time someone passes away, it leaves a hole, of course. Of course. Yeah, no doubt. And we all face that among sort of our normal friends and social circles, but at least I'm sure similar in your industry, we yeah. tend to be a lot of people older than us. And yeah. so you know, I've got lots of friends I started working with in their 60s. And then in their 80s and 90s, they're passing away. And that's hard. Yeah. I mean, for me too. And uh, it's, you know, whether they've been a longtime client or maybe it's a brand new client, I just recently met with a widow and we're updating her plan, also administering the trust that she and her husband created a number of years ago. And, uh, you know, it, it's a challenging time, especially for a widow, it, or even if it was a widower, it's challenging either way you go. And so, yeah, it's, I enjoy working with the families much as you do with the clients, singles or individuals in single individuals or married folks. But yeah, the challenge is when that someone's had to pass on, that can be, you know, helping the clients walk through the next steps together. Let's see. You've more or less answered this question, but your ideal client to work with is probably going to be women in transition. Would that be a fair statement? Yeah. Yeah. I think I, that would be a very fair statement. And that I think the only thing I would add is, is actually the more complicated financial situation they have, the more we think that we're, that we're helpful. Um, really? You know, Terrific. So, I mean, in terms of you know retirement, if, if somebody's been a, a teacher their whole life and they're retiring and, and they're going to get a pension and they don't have any other assets- 
that there's not a whole lot of complicated planning for us to go. Or even if husband and wife, you know, they own a house and a joint bank account and the husband passes away, there's not a lot to do. But if they've got a business or they've got trusts or they own real estate or different accounts or different trusts, then there's a lot to do because there's work to do with the CPA. There's work sure. to do with an attorney like you. And so we think that that coordination of all the different experts, that's something that we enjoy doing and we think we're really good at. So I'd say that literally the more complicated the financial situation, the larger the amount of assets they have, that tends to lead to complexity. Those are people that we work with best. Okay. So you really enjoy that. It sounds like you're very collaborative in your approach and you like to work with the other advisors, assuming they're willing to come to the table on behalf of the mutual client. So that's terrific. Because you know, you I don't know how you feel about it. I don't see a lot of that today, unfortunately. But I think it's something to aspire to, you know, that collaborative approach to uh, planning for the benefit of the clients. Let's see. Can you tell me uh, or can you share with our listeners like a success story and uh, you know, where you were able to really make it a real difference for a client? And then maybe one that maybe was not as successful as you'd hoped it would be, that so that people kind of understand the talent, you know, the skill and the talent that you bring to the conversation. Sure, I think that you know one of the situations that has worked out really well for me is a family. There are actually some people I knew, and and they mentioned that their mom was getting on in years, and they were concerned about her health, her memory, and so on. And it was a pretty complicated family situation. It was a mom; the husband had passed years earlier three children, eight grandkids, and there was you know, a couple of pieces of property, trust for the mom, trust for the kids, trust for the grandkids. And just yeah. keeping track of all of that was difficult. And most of those trusts had been set up years and years ago. So we ended up having to you know, find a, a new... They had relocated from another state to California. We had to find a California attorney. We worked with their existing CPA. We cleaned up their investments. We cleaned up their trusts. We had right. all of the family members to explain how things work now, how things work when grandma passed away. Right. Grandma's been gone now. Now we're working with the three children and their children, and now there's grandkids. So it's really a lot to do because, again, in those situations, sometimes grandma might know what's going on, but the rest of the family clients say, yeah, you know what? There's some trust. We'll say, well, you know. You know anything yeah. about it? They're like, well, no, Grandpa mentioned it's there. I, you know, I get a check for five thousand dollars once a year. Yeah, for all kinds of related things. I think I my folks have got plenty of money, but they're getting old, and I'm really worried about how are they going to be okay. So, right. so those kinds of intergenerational things, where sometimes the generations don't communicate as well as they might. Sure, um, those are things where we think we can help. Okay. And then maybe a case where, you know, it, it just, despite your best efforts, it just didn't pan out the way that you'd hoped or the way that you thought it would have. So I like to think that we're pretty proactive in working with our clients and, and their professionals to make sure things are in order. Right. But sometimes either from a lack of follow through on our part or a lack of communication with the family, things don't go the way we hoped. Um, sure. I have a client, she's been with me for 35 years. What? And for probably the first 10, everything was great. But then she was diagnosed and we knew she was going to deal with dementia. And she has four children that do not get along. Oh, and, sure. and I tried for five years to get kind of all the documentation up to speed and in order and 
taken care of. And for me, a big part of that is getting your kids all in the room to talk about what's going to happen so there's no surprises. Right. We could never do that. Uh-huh. And so now for the last seven, eight years, she's you know in a care facility and I deal with a couple of the kids, but it's just problematic because some kids are involved, some are not. And you've probably been through this. I'm pretty sure when she passes away, there's going to be a whole bunch of fighting. And, no doubt. Yeah. And I just feel terrible because part of the reason people work with me is to make that stuff happen well and not have those problems. And I was not able to avoid it. That doesn't happen often, but when it does, it's really frustrating. No doubt. And it sounds like you did everything you could, but you know, it is what it is. And sometimes you just can't, because of the family dynamics, uh, you just can't uh, do the great planning that you're capable of because you know you can't get the family to the table, as it were. And that's obviously a frustration. And I certainly understand that and I get it. Yeah, um, you. Let's see. The phrase trusted advisor is one that I guess we probably get overused a lot, but does that have any special meaning for you or significance for you as a, a financial advisor? Yeah, it's a good question. So one of the things we're pretty proud about in our firm, we've got six advisors at our firm right now, and not a single one of us have any complaints on, on our record. So I've been doing this for 40 years, and I don't have any client complaints on my record. That doesn't mean I haven't had client complaints or clients that weren't happy with things. We make mistakes like everybody else. Of course. Um, but if we do make a mistake, we have a conversation with the client. We try and figure out what can we do to fix it? What's right. a fair agreement? And we settle it that way. So I think that to me, being trusted means that that we're doing the best thing we can for our clients. I think most advisors do that, but also sure. that we have a good enough relationship that if things don't go well, that we can solve it. And that's a little bit like you started off saying, we don't work with people that are good people, right? If right. you and I have a good relationship, we might have problems, but we can solve it. If we don't, then we probably shouldn't be in business together in the first place. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate that. I think that's as good a definition as I could hope for on podcasts like this. Let's see. This obviously kind of answers itself, I think, but certainly with a woman in transition, working with a financial advisor is sort of a kind of a no-brainer one would think, but are you seeing uh, situations where women maybe are, are fearful because possibly the husband, he either died or they're now divorced and now she's on her own and you know she's never had to deal with these financial decisions before. And so maybe she's trapped in you know fear, maybe possibly embarrassment. I assume that, you know, how does one make a referral to you in a situation like that? Or how can you make it a safe place for that woman in transition to begin to own her wealth and, and to feel comfortable and confident going forward? Yeah, there's a lot to that question. I think I would say that one of the things we tell our clients, if you know another woman that's, you know, a woman that's going through some of those things, we think it's important for them to work with somebody. Um, right. yeah. If they've got somebody that they're happy working with, that's awesome. If they don't, we would love the chance to sit down with them. You know, we normally will visit with people for a half an hour to an hour at no charge to talk about what's going on with them. We may or may not be able to help them. We try and tell people that if you visit with us, we'll do everything we can to make sure that visit's worthwhile. It may or may not turn out that we're going to work together longer term, but at the very least, you'll go away saying, yeah, I learned a few things. Uh, So I think that, that if they're facing a lot of issues that they're not sure about, Working with an advisor is awesome. 
I think one of the challenges, you know, going through that for anybody is there's so many bits and pieces, right? And what we try to avoid is the client being stuck in the middle. So my attorney says this, my CPA says this, my advisor says that, I don't know what to do. We say, that's great. Let's put all three of them down at the table together with you and we'll talk about the pros and cons of these things so that one advice from their group of professionals together as opposed to multiple different advices and they have to sort it out. I think that's terrific. I mean, you know, that you have that kind of proactive and inclusive, you know, philosophy, I think is, I wish there was more of it out there. Unfortunately, you know, as we both know, there really isn't. But for those advisors who do embrace that, I think that's terrific. And really, ultimately, it's all about the client. I mean, it, you know, making sure that we do the right thing for the client, um, always, you know, above our own interests, you know, put them first. Yeah, you often come up with things. I'll think this makes the most sense from an estate perspective, but then bring you in and we say, yeah, Keith, that's a great idea, but what about this? It's like, okay, that's a very good point. And so those come up with the attorney, the CPA, and the, the client all the time. So if you get two or three people together, you can maybe agree on the best course. And I just, I feel terrible for any individual that's getting advice from all these different places, and then they've got to decide what's best. And that's not a good yeah. outcome. And then they're, you know, and what people do when they're confused, they don't do anything. <laughs> and yeah. that's the opposite of what we want. We would want them to make an informed choice. But if we can get everybody together, get them to collaborate, get the advisors to the table. And interestingly, over the course of my professional practice, I've seen some of the best legal ideas didn't come from the attorney. They came from either maybe an accountant or perhaps even a financial advisor. And it was like, holy mackerel, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. And so, you know, it's that getting that brain trust assembled and then helping the client understand it. These are your options. And then you tell us what resonates best for you. We don't care what the answer is because, again, we put the client first. But if you have, if you want to go this way or that way, that's fine. Just we're going to help you make an informed choice what the best uh, answer is for you. And then you choose what you want to do. Let's see. Who are your best referral sources so that? folks listening to this podcast would would know how they might refer to you or you know people would know how you get your business yeah sure most of our new business comes from existing clients okay uh, they're you know friends neighbors etc that would certainly be the largest source of new business we do work with CPAs and attorneys so they will occasionally call us as well they'll say I've got such and such a situation can you help we always enjoy and appreciate that because as you've heard we like working with other professionals those would really be our best sources for new business. Okay. And then um, how can you be found? I mean, how do people get in touch with you? If uh, listening to the podcast today, a listener says, gosh, you know, I, I really like what Keith is about. I, he's, you know, he presents himself well and he's got the right philosophy for me. How do they get in touch with you? Sure. Our website is cawealth.com. CA is in CaliforniaWealth.com, or if you look up California Wealth Transitions, You'll see us there. We're here in San Diego. We've got clients all over the country, but we've got offices in San Diego and Brea. And the webpage is probably the best place to look us up, find a little bit about us, and then reach out to us if we can help. Keith, in the remaining moments that we have left, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you might want to talk about or that maybe you wanted to share with the listeners so that we don't leave anything on the table? I think one of the things you had mentioned in the past is how should somebody choose an advisor? Right. which I think is, is a really difficult process because if you 
read the news, look at TV ads, or in a lot of cases, go to a web page and look at it. Yeah. They all look the same. Of course. Um, yeah. you know, we want to help you achieve your goals. We'll work with you and your family. And so they're very similar. I think that in my mind, the key is to, to talk to the advisor or advisors that you're considering working with, ask them a little bit about the clients they've worked with, maybe some situations that they've dealt with and see if that's a fit. You know, for example, if somebody comes to us and they're 40 years old, they say, we're saving like crazy and we're trying to build up wealth for the future. We'll say, that's awesome. We're actually not a good firm for you. And I think many advisors will be pretty straightforward in saying, yeah, this is a good batch or, or maybe it's not. I think we've hit all the questions that I would have had. I mean, I think you've done a magnificent job kind of laying out who you are, the kind of clients that you serve, how people can find you, how people can refer to you, that sort of thing. And I don't have anything else unless there's any final thoughts you want to leave for our listeners today. No, Rod, thank you for doing this. I enjoyed talking to you and it's always great to talk to other professionals and I look forward to working with you in the future, helping taking care of some clients. It's been my privilege to interview Keith Brandt of California Wealth Transitions. Keith, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We appreciate it and we'll have your information up so that when those folks do listen to this, if they think there's a fit here, they can reach out to you and pursue that. Thank you again. Thank you, Rod. You've been listening to the Legacy Leaders Podcast with Katie Beth Hand and Stan Miller. For more information on them and the show, please visit PinnacleLegacyLaw.com. If you like what you've learned today, do share the program with your friends and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.